that Beria, the head of the NKVD that became the KGB in the Soviet system, at a common term meeting, and I think it was 1934, said that they had the down to perfect art in his day. That was without the internet and television. The intergenerational indoctrination, scientific indoctrination, where they would upgrade each intake of students just a, a little bit ahead of the previous year's intake into the changes that they would grow up and experience and accept in their lifetime. Today it's much easier, and it is truly a perfected science. Just this morning again, I walked out and there's all the spraying. Most people are oblivious because the older folk have no memory. They wait for the media to tell them what to think about. And we'll be back with more on this topic after this break. I'm Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix, discussing how perfect the indoctrination systems truly are. And Lord Bertrand Russell, and I've read his stuff on the air, from his own books, talked a long time ago, along with the Huxleys, both of the brothers, about scientific techniques of indoctrination and how perfected they were back in the 30s. And how even more it become perfected with the use of technology and even the needle, as Mr. Russell said, would be used to create a compliant and pretty dumb population. Managing people is quite the task. If you want to rule them, you must make them think they're free. You give them an idea what freedom is, and today it's a commercialized idea. I've gone through the whole culture creation business of Bernays in the past and how he and others basically created uh, definitely the United States culture of the 30s, 40s and 50s, 60s, etc. And how even his nephews took it over and fight one still running the culture industry in Britain today. And that becomes your reality. That becomes what you, I think is free. Some people have actually said to me, that they're free because they can go shopping anytime they want to and buy whatever they want. That's what they thought freedom was. So really, it's an elastic idea, as most things truly are. Words tend to cement ideas in our minds, and that trick in itself is a way of use, to, or it's a way of being used by the propagandists who understand your logic and how you'll come to their conclusions. Again, written in great detail by Lord Bertrand Russell and others who were into this. And they worked with Tavistock and the big, heavy think tanks that had the agenda and the task of learning how to control millions of people across the world. The Council on Foreign Relations took that up in the 1960s when they had their international meeting held in London to decide if Britain or the U.S. culture industry should create the world culture for the global society as far back as that. And they decided that the U.S. should do it. But also along with that came a standardized education system, and that was the task. That was the task of Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldo. He became, he became the first CEO of UNESCO, where he talked about scientific indoctrination 
not to free children across the world, but to make them manageable so they'd fit in with this pre-planned agenda. Now, getting back to the spraying, for instance, now in, in the earnest, the spraying was done in earnest and frequently and pretty well daily, the aerial spraying since 1998. I can remember the day when the, the aircraft came in. Lots of them. They were half the height they are today and sprayed all over the skies and it stayed there all day in a crisscross pattern getting wider and wider. And they've improved their sprays now. They'll still last a long, long time as a spray, as a, as a line across horizon to horizon, but they tend to blossom out much faster and merge with the others until you have this whitish mush above your heads. Now, that was done in, with, with no fanfare, uh, no billowing of media to the public it was done hush-hush, even though it's right above your heads, and this proves the point. It proves the point. This Lord Bertrand Russell, and then Brzezinski said in his own book, Parting Russell, he said, shortly the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They will expect the media to do it for them. The media has become an arm of your intellect now. You expect it to tell you what you should really know for your own well-being. Instead of looking for yourself, watching your environment, and coming to your own conclusions, you will disregard your own perceptions if the media doesn't mention it. And most people are oblivious to the spraying, even when it's thick above their heads. But how? How do they introduce it to the public? Because eventually there will be enough people who will start to see it and ask questions, mainly word to mouth. And how do they deal with that? Well, again, they bypass, first of all, the older generations who are so dumbed down and trained to listen to the media for everything. They can't even go outside without listening to the weather channel where everything's a crisis. A millimeter of rain is a crisis. And they go for the youth to prepare them for the world in which they'll grow up into, where they'll be massively sprayed, and they'll think it's normal. And in the meantime, 10 years after the first, 10, going on 11 years after the first spraying, they start to introduce the idea into the public's minds with little articles. But they always put a president or a prime minister's name at the top to, to grab your attention. And here's how they introduced the idea that, that they might consider spraying the atmosphere. This is one of many articles that's just come out over the last few months. This is called the preparatory phase of induction into memory. You will not reason, most people will never reason this through, but it's, it puts an idea of possibility into their minds. So when they eventually do catch on that they're getting sprayed, they'll think, well, I saw this coming. No, they don't even know they've been sprayed for 10 years already. But the children are getting, have been taught this since 2001 in their science classes. This is from the mail, and it's 9th of April, 2009. Obama, so there's your first thing, that grabs the attention. See how it's all placed this way? Obama, Mr. Obama may fire pollution particles into stratosphere, I guess all by himself, eh? 
to deflect sun's heat and desperate bid to tackle global warming. This is all over the science magazines too. It's a handout, you see. So President Barack Obama is considering a radical plan to tackle global warming by firing these pollutant particles into the stratosphere to deflect some of the sun's heat. The controversial experiment was touted yesterday as a possible last resort to help cool the Earth's air by the President's new science advisor, John Holden. So right away, you're given the premise, and you're given your opinion. The conclusion is to stop global warming. So you won't argue or think any further than that, you see. You won't ask, is this this a real reason? got to be looked at, it says. We don't have the luxury of taking any approach off the table, said Mr. Holdren, director of the White House Office of Science and Technology. Holdren, director of the White House Office, blah, blah, technology. I went the idea of shooting either sulfur dioxide particles. They've had those all over the newspapers and science magazines, as I say, for months. Aluminum oxide dust, which is already analyzed. I've got my own analysis here, too, from labs on the same stuff. We've had it for 10 years and barium, or specially designed aerosols into the atmosphere, the upper level of the atmosphere between 10 and 30 miles above the Earth's surface. Then tell you again what your conclusion is to be. Let's hope this will cool the planet by artificially reflecting sunlight back into space before it can be absorbed, even though uh, more than half the scientists in the world are saying we're in a a cooling phase. So that's not the reason they're doing this. And it says, naval guns, rockets, and all this nonsense, even hot air balloons, all the rubbish. You see, they've, they've already been doing it 10 years with jets. They've been put forward as possible ways of firing the agent into the air. Now, here's the part that you should be concerned about, apart from the fact they've been lying for 10 years and, and lying about this because they say they're already doing it. They have me. Mr. Holdren admitted the scheme could have grave side effects. Well, what would that mean? Huh? Don't go into that. What would the grave side effects be of putting barium, aluminum oxide, and other metallic particles into the atmosphere? Well, let me think now. We all breathe, don't we? Mm. And you know, the illnesses from these very substances have shot up in the last 10 years. Strokes and everything. See, people with no memory can't remember what they read. People with no memory can't remember what the sky used to look like. And about 10 years ago, when all this started, there was article after article about the incredible strokes that were happening and signs and symptoms of strokes. And even ads on television to chat the signs and symptoms of strokes. Suddenly, people coming down with strokes, which we would get if you absorb Aluminum oxide and barium. Pneumonias galore. All kinds of allergy problems. I discussed allergies yesterday. How it's up 40% over the last few years. Multiple allergy syndromes. People are becoming allergic to everything. Again, side effects of these particular particles. But of course, they're not saying they're doing it. They're thinking of doing it. That's how they're getting the older generation acclimatized to the idea. Then this goes on and on and on about having to uh, really take this seriously to, to combat climate change, the weather, you know. 
and a little bit saying opponents fear that tampering with atmosphere's delicate balance could have consequences that would be even worse than global warming. Well, no kidding. No kidding. But it will also depopulate the planet pretty fast too, won't it? I've also, over the last few years on the radio, talked about the, dec- the decline in animals and birds and living in the country. Last year, the moles were coming out the ground after it rained all June and July with heavy spraying. And they're coming up at the ground and dying because of the stuff that's coming down from the spray. There's a massive absence of birds. I can walk through the forest and hardly hear a tweet. Sometimes I, I, don't, I hear no tweet at all in the country. Back with more on this after these messages. Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix that was from the mail online that I just read an article and this is the preparation of almost subliminal messaging to the adult population who have no idea it's been already been going on most of them and they'll flip through that with the same care that they flip through everything else as they're bombarded with data They'll implant in their minds the possibility of this coming up in the future. So when the media decides to tell them it's being done, it will seem quite normal to them. But meanwhile, let's go to the children, you see. Because after all, you always treat every generation differently. And young minds uh, who are going to grow up in a vastly changed, drastically reduced population too in the world, um, I've got the scientific indoctrination and it's very precise to build the utopia. And in fact, this website I'm going to read from is for teachers. And they have a magazine that's called Edutopia, a mixture of education and utopia. There's that word again, utopia. Who's utopia? Hmm? Who's utopia? Go into utopian thinkers. And you'll find every name I've mentioned in the past at the top. All the eugenicists were utopian thinkers for their utopia. What have the children been taught to do with spraying? And the adults haven't a clue. They just get introduced to the idea that it might eventually happen in the future. There's a, a book that uh, is taught in all schools now. It's uh, Science, Science 1, Essentials, Interactions. And it's published by Center Point Learning, P-O-I-N-T-E, Learning, Center Point Learning, published in 2001. Then it goes into, you see, most parents would just flick through this, chemistry, earth, earth science, ecosystems, ecosystems, educational issues, heat life, uh, science, physical science, physics, space studies interdisciplinary approaches, which means it's ideological. When you see interdisciplinary, that means they're bringing all the political correct ideas and all the sciences together because they're all on the same road. And I've discussed this road many times. And you scroll down it again and you see the usual subjects but mixed in with little political pieces of import. 
of water, etc., etc. And you go down to five, unit five. And then you go into, again, you can actually see how they're teaching it. Ecological pyramids, case study, pesticides, poisons, and food chain. Well, they are poisoning the food chain because the stuff is coming down. That is spraying for 10 years isn't all through the food, too, you see, and your water supply. The water cycle, case study, choosing a waste disposal, blah, blah, Recycling, all the politically correct stuff. Acid in the water, inquiry investigations, carbon cycle. The case study, solutions for global warming. Solutions for global warming. And you go into solutions for global warming, and they, tell you, they talk about well, the stuff that they're just telling the adults about now. Firing off different things and spraying them across the sky with aircraft particles of metals and so on into the atmosphere. 2001, they've been teaching the children this stuff in school. But just now, that the adults know that they might do it in the future. You see how it's, it works, eh? See how they work in scientific intergenerational indoctrination. And this book is for grades 9, 10, 11, and 12. 2001, they've been teaching the children. So they'll grow up thinking, oh, it's all quite normal. If anybody was to bother to ask them, their parents won't stop and say, what's that in the sky? And they recur their parents. It wasn't on the TV. Maybe then the child will say, well, that's just them spraying uh, the metallic particles to save the world, daddy or mummy. That's how it's done. Simple, isn't it? But most folk are having such a great, fantastic time playing themselves. They're oblivious of any reality. Completely oblivious. Going back to the male one for the adults, Obama. Like, Obama's when he's standing with a giant cannon, right? That's how ridiculous. But that's to grab your attention. And you look to the rights of it. And here's how they blur scary data with fantasy and rubbish. Right next to it. Shocked Russian surgeons. This is a mainstream newspaper. Shocked Russian surgeons open up man who thought he had a tumor to find a fir tree inside his lung. There's the kind of rubbish. That's how they make everything into a strange fantasy until you take nothing really seriously. But the Obama may fire pollution particles in the stratosphere. It's going to sink in your head in a kind of Daisy Disney type way. That's how it's done. Quite something, eh? There's another report on the United Nations Millennium Development End Poverty 2015. I'll put this link up as well, and you can spend your time or waste it, whichever one which. But you can you can go through that, and you'll find that how they're, they're talking that um, oh, half the world's poor is going to die you know, in a few years because of bad water. Yeah. That would fit right in with the agenda. How long have they been throwing the tax money of the West at the third world, supposedly? Because it doesn't get there, you know that. Otherwise, I wouldn't read this article of what's going to happen in 2015. They don't intend to save the world's poor since Kissinger put made a war on the third world countries over population problems, as he called it. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And just before I go on to the callers, let me read a little article here from Wired magazine and called Danger Room. Soldiers blinded, hospitalized by laser-friendly fire. March 30th, 2009. American soldier was blinded in one eye. Three others required medical evacuation out of Iraq in a series of laser-friendly fire incidents. To cut a long story short, they've got these brand new lasers, this kind of green type, and it can cause um, permanent eye injury. And the idea was to give them to the soldiers, they're, they're mounted on vehicles, these things, to flash people, flash oncoming motorists, the Iraqis that means, and sort of dazzle them until they'd stop. And Supposedly they've been using them at distances of 75 yards and blinding each other, the soldiers that is, in the process. And it turns out that these incredible lasers that were developed, I remember Britain was talking about using them in the 70s. They could, they could actually basically scan this across a battlefield where with oncoming troops and, and you could wipe out a whole battalion. You'd literally burn out the retinas. So that they're using them on the Iraqis to, to basically make them stop the cars, confuse them, etc. And it tells you at the bottom, as I say, uh, that they thought it was 75 yards of what you use them for, and, and it's actually 1,460 meters. Anything under that, your permanent retinal jet damage, but it's okay to use it on the Iraqis. I was thinking today about, you know, how do people stop what's happening in the world and to themselves? Because nasty things. See, war isn't just over in Iraq. There's been a war going on at home. Everybody's home for a long time. Everybody's nation. Because those who run the world always were globalists, you see. And under the guise of socialism, with their own definition, of course, and they give the working people another definition, Exactly the same way as the Soviet system was run with communism, because it's the same thing, really. It's slower and Fabian. They always make war on the public of every country, because at their hearts they are always international. With a belief system that the intellectual, superior, more of all type, have the right to rule the silly masses. They rule them properly and make it all tidy and nice. And on the way, they must reduce the population. That's been one of their manifestos since the beginning. Into a manageable quantity. They fit in with what they call nature. Nature. They're very good with nature. Albert Pike, the Pope of Freemasonry, talked a lot about nature, saying he didn't apologize for it. What he was telling you was, he did not apologize for his stance, and the high mason stance, on superior man and inferior man, and the right of, of the superior to rule the inferior and to plan their lives for them. That's really what it's all about. And we're already there. I've got many other stories I could read, but there's no points. You, you know this kind of stuff. I mean, there's an article, I'll put the link up from the EU Observer, where the EU Parliament um, say that the, the local politicians, the national politicians, are not telling the public that they're being run totally, completely. And all their laws and decisions are not being debated through their national parliaments anymore. 
all the real decisions are made at the EU Parliament. Oh, what's new? What's new? And this is what they want to do to the Americas as well, with the United Americas. Give this remote Parliament that this dictates down to the public. That's what you've got, you see. It's dictatorships and plutocracies at the top. And we're all being managed. And most folk have been trained through scientific indoctrination to accept being managed. Not to have any idea of self-determination on an individual, local or national level. We've been taught and we have been domiciled, we've been domesticated till we accept simply being told what to do by experts. Exactly what Lord Bertrand Russell said they would make happen. It's happened. So I'll go to the callers now, and we've got Aaron from Pennsylvania. Are you there, Aaron? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you for taking my call, Alan. Yes. You're absolutely right about everything you say. Uh, the effects of these chemtrails and uh, modified foods, and yep. everybody I know, including myself, has allergies or asthma. Yep. And if you run into somebody that doesn't have an allergy, it's kind of strange. Yes. It you is. know, you're, you're so accepted to think that, Everybody has allergies, and mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Not only the people, uh, the pets. My dog yep. has allergies out the butt, lumps mm-hmm. all over her body, and, you know, she chews so much, quarter of her hair's gone, and you could scratch her till she bleeds. Yeah. And she'll just keep wanting more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's got allergies now. Our, our, immune, our immune systems are being shot. And they know this. They knew this before they started spraying us with these particles because Keller, who came up with the idea in the 1950s, also wrote in his papers what the side effects of these particulate um, metals would be. And it's exactly what we're getting. And as I say, it ties in with strokes because barium and aluminum oxide, especially aluminum oxide, is used to treat minor wounds to, to it causes blood clotting. And many other side effects, too. It also heads in the brain, as does the barium. And the barium will bind to certain enzymes and uh, cause clotting as well. So they know this. And people are getting uh, blind problems, uh, blindness problems from it, too. That's standard with these things. And the, the, aller, uh, the mainstream articles from The Lancet and all the other journals from medical sciences all admit that um, asthma it's skyrocketed again in 10 years, and they're just totally confused as to why it's happening. And we never used to get adults diagnosed with asthma. It was always the children. So, you know, that they know that they're spraying on it. How do they, how are they, obviously they're not immune to it. I mean, what mm-hmm. do they do? Because obviously I'll tell you what they do, because Teller also suggested this, because it, naturally the big wigs at the Pentagon and... Um, the White House didn't want their own boys to get sick, you see, in their own families. And they discussed high-tech ways of literally collating, not the kind of stuff that you or I would get access to, even if you had the money, way beyond that, uh, because um, they, they classed it under bio-warfare techniques. And they already had methods of, uh, it's almost like kidney dialysis. They have high-tech methods of rapidly detoxifying the body that you or I will never have access to. But all these top politicians and so on and their families are given uh, access to treatments. Yeah. It, it's disgusting what they do to us. I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine 
you know, doing that to people. It's just yeah. horrible. It's it's hard for me, even though I listen to your show, it's still hard for me to believe that there are yeah. people actually out there that could do that. That's right. That's right. And that's why they get away with it, because they, under, they understand how we think. It's no different, you know, than when you're rounded up in World War II by the Soviets or the Nazis. didn't matter. And they line up whole streets of people and, and, and take them off into the, a field and just mow them down ten at a time. Uh, everyone went to their death thinking, this can't be happening to me. People don't do this. That's, that's how they had their last breath. That's what, was, that's what they were thinking. It's really going to be hard to uh, tell the kids any different because you yeah. talk to kids now and you try to tell them about it. And they say, oh, my teacher didn't tell us that. So yes. you're wrong. You're wrong. You're yeah. right. That's right. That's right. If you notice, too, most teachers now uh, are much younger. They keep young ones. They, they tend to move their, or help push the older ones out because they want the children to, to bond more with what they see as youth, you see. You're Anything right. that's not in that youth category is somehow obsolete and uh, irrelevant. And again, this was all discussed by Bertrand Russell because he'd had the first major experimental schools under a royal charter in the 1920s where he tried this intense Pavlovian indoctrination on the children, and it worked perfectly. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's just sickening. It is. And, and you know, it, it, the worst thing too is like everything else in this system we live in. What can you do? What can you do? I mean, they've gone like a military strategy for your water, uh, for your food. They've altered your food. They're spraying you with poisons, knowing it's killing you. They've, uh, they've made us pretty well, most of us, infertile since the 50s onwards in the Western world, definitely the males. They knew this too. I've done article after article about it. Full-scale war was declared on us a long time ago. And if they're not happy yet. There's not enough of us dead. We're not dying fast enough. Right. And now they're, they're trying to encourage us to think along the way of even euthanasia. I mean, we are dealing with monsters at the top uh, who are worse than, than a million Hitlers or a million Stalins or Lenins or any tyrant who have had the whole lot combined down through history. They're far, far worse because they're dogmatic in their religious belief that they have the right and the duty to do what they're doing to us. And like you said, they're hitting us from every angle. Like, yes. We went to the grocery store today and my wife was looking at you know, these apples, and she's like, oh, these look really good. And I'm just thinking, yeah, but they're full of pesticides. And, you know, Pestif- yeah, and they've altered everything we eat, too. I mean, what's in it? You, know? you can't even get yourself healthy, even if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, Again, you know, uh, what's interesting, if you're always aware of what's going on and you have memory, you know when things kick off, the asthma, the strokes, the eye problems, the skin problems. Uh, the multiple allergies started exactly 10 years ago with the regular spring. It was the same when they brought in the modified food and put it into the public. Suddenly, there were incredible problems, health problems, with um, uh, uh, people with ulcers and massive acid and reflux, etc. And prescription drugs that had been carefully dispensed for years suddenly became widely available to the public at the same time acid reducers, but they knew what was happening from the very beginning. They knew this. Otherwise, they would have kept it all under prescription. They made it freely available 
and it's one of the and those acid reducers are some of the most uh, fast-going drugs every day, uh, great sales in all these stores now, all the, all the pharma stores. Yeah. Right. So they, they know what they're doing and what the effects are going to be. Yeah, and like you say, you know, everybody around you has it, and nobody really, you know, nobody has any memory of when yeah. they, you know, nobody had allergies. So that's right. Really questioned why that's, is everybody sick right. all the time. Mm-hmm, yep. And that's why it's a good idea to collect old paper books uh, from the 50s onwards, or even before if you can, with the statistics, the medical books, and they'll give you data, even even the rarity of many cancers, mm. and all of this kind of stuff, and uh, incidents of autism, very, very rare, one in many, many, multiple thousands, and look that's at, one in five. Look at the Amish. I mean, I'm in Amish country here, and no, no autism there. Yeah. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist. That's the very thing. You see, uh, you use your own observation. Um, what's changed? What has changed? The inoculations are skyrocketing. The autism skyrocketed. Um, the asthma, the, the strokes and all the rest of it, the skin rashes, all the different problems started with the spraying, uh, the stomach problems and the other physical effects to do with the modified food started when they gave us modified food. It doesn't take rocket science to figure it out. Oh, Basic right. detective work. Yeah. Well, Alan, thank you for everything you do. I mean, in the in the world where you don't know where to find truth. Yes, and everything that's presented, even a lot of the stories they present uh, for the first time in mainstream, always have a 180 degree spin to give you the wrong conclusion. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it takes a, a lot of time into all this research and to put it all together to, you know, give it to the public where they could understand it. Yes. I do my own research. It just takes hours and hours, and you drive yourself crazy with, with everything. Uh-huh. Yep. So uh, I, I thank you a lot. And I had one thing. If if they ever do shut down the web or mm-hmm. if you ever decide not to do your show anymore, are your mm-hmm. books still going to be available at the same address? I'll try. I'll try. Yeah, I'll put something up and let people know if that ever happens. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But thanks for calling. And, yeah, because who knows? I mean, I get cyber attacks all the time as well, and uh, computers are always crashing on me here. And they are using cyber attacks. I've read the articles from the Pentagon. They're they're using them on people who who don't go along with the spin. Uh, There's Jason from California. Hey there, Jason. Yeah, hi, Alan. How are you? I'm hanging in here. Uh, Alan, I have a question. I was reading your book, um, Cutting Through, Volume 3, yeah. And on page 60, you mentioned something called the definitive Desdemona fix system. And I want to know, um, where did you get this type of information from? Because you laid out the alphabet and you said what each letter has, well, you you, you put what meaning it has. So I just don't know where exactly you got the information from. Oh, you get it in old uh, Rosicrucian books or Freemasonry books. Yeah, almost everything to do with uh, Freemasonry today. In fact, all this, all this stuff to do, in fact, <laughs> with even uh, Atlantis and uh, even aliens were put out there in the late 1800s by Masonic groups and publishers, and there's many rehashes of the same stuff today. In fact, a lot of, lots of people are making their money off them. But they did talk, uh, do a lot of use of a lot of the old Catholic uh, demonic terminology to do with the, uh, the demons. And Kabbalah, because you understand in, uh, in the old Kabbalah, the true Kabbalah, 
the whole idea was, uh, in old times, was to call down each star. Each star was technically it was a god or a demon. Mm. And they gave them names. And whatever purpose you had in mind, you'd call down a specialist in that area. And if you go through even the, the, the Talmud and uh, Kabbalah, you'll find the speciality of each particular demon. But that's also another code as well. So you can actually use the terminology with the meanings in a sentence. And therefore, if you understand how to read it and forget all about demons, you're actually reading um, a code. And there was a demon stands for a particular area of science or technique or purpose. And it's a very, very deep subject, but it would take me years to, to discuss it with you. Okay, so I suggest and I check out books about Rosicrucianism. Yeah, the old that. stuff. The old stuff was, was much, much, much better. Mm. Uh, and because don't get sidetracked by, by the astrology. The astrology, again, is coding. And uh, the same with de- demons, etc. It's all to do with coding for the intellectuals amongst them to understand. That's what they mean. The rest of the public, will, even members in the lower orders, are the profane. They don't understand what it's really saying. You see? So, I mean, the books are all out there. And if you go through searches, you'll always come, come across the same, the same terminology. Also read uh, Shakespeare. Mm, yeah. You'll find all of this stuff in, in uh, Shakespeare's plays. Okay. Back in a moment after these messages. Z in New York. Hey, Alex, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Not so bad, yeah. Um, listen, I was uh, shocked this morning by the amount of chemtrails in, uh, here in upstate New York. I mean, layers upon layers of just giant, fluffy, beautiful lines. So natural, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Extremely natural. Um, I was uh, also surprised by the, I, I don't know if you noticed, but there are some planes that are flying now really low. Yeah. And they leave these giant fluffy trails behind, and they go across the horizon in less than, thir- in less than like 45 seconds. That's right, extremely fast ones. That's right. It's more people seeing them, even people I know who are, who are flight crews are, are seeing them uh, yeah. and their passenger planes, yeah. And the trails that they leave behind, they're so thick that they actually leave a shadow on the bottom of That's the... Right. You know what that is? So that's a shadow that's coming through on the layer below because the barium uh, cuts out the light. And you'll see that. Sometimes you'll see it coming, coming through a cloud, a different type of spray with a shadow. It's like a black line going through it. And yeah. that's, that's the shadow. Very good when you see it at sundown. Uh, very evident then, yeah. And so I'm, I'm here, for, you know, it's a, it's a campus community. You know, a lot of students, very smart kids, you know, studying all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Not a single soul looks up. No. Nobody, nobody finds it interesting. Nobody finds it shocking or at least relevant. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. And I'm walking around like a crazy person. I'm just like looking up all the time. Yeah. You know? uh, but here, this is my uh, actual reason for calling is I, I started rereading um, The Next Million Years mm-hmm. by uh, Darwin. Yeah. And uh, what, shocked me, what shocked me a little bit is that he mentions four revolutions. 
Yes. And then uh, he goes on to mention like six or even seven. Mm -hmm. uh, but the first one is fire, second is agriculture, third one is the city, yep. and the fourth one is science. That's right. Now, what's interesting is that the first four actually increase population drastically, mm -hmm. but the fifth one that he foresees is actually running out of uh, natural resources like gas, yep. you know, peak oil kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and it says this will dramatically reduce population. And mm -hmm. right after that, the sixth one is new forms of energy. You know, and I'm just reading this crap, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, but this is this is this is so obvious once you once you see like the big picture. It's a laid down but, agenda. It's a laid down agenda, and Darwin did not dream it up. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I was reading a book by uh, a long time ago. I read a book by Ben Bola, a fiction book called Orion. Yeah. I, I don't know if you. I, I think mean, I did. I think I did years ago. Yeah. Not this guy who goes forward in time and his arch, arch enemy Archiman goes backwards in time or, or is it in, in the other way around but basically what they go about explaining is how uh, fire they go through the invention of fire they go through the invention of art, art, uh, agriculture and things like that yeah. which I find interesting that he would write about that kind of stuff too yeah, yeah because those guys are paid by the future society to write those particular books to it's predictive programming. We enjoy those books, and we're, we're having an idea implanted in our head that will familiarize us with the real events as they happen in our lifetime. This is an old technique that actually said they'd use, you know. Thanks, Alan. You're doing a good job. See you later. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I read that book, The Culture Wars, and how the Pentagon run it, and how they implant these ideas, and how they even said that novelists were very important. <laughs> well, that's it from... Myself and Hamish and Ontario, Canada for tonight, so may your gods or your gods go with you.